Televisioneers and welcome to Small Business Celebration. And for this special Thanksgiving episode, our guest has a book that he has written to be thankful for. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Hello, Visioneers, and welcome to Small Business Celebration. And our guest this week is Keith Woolridge with Woolridge Consulting. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you so much for the invitation, Michael. I really do appreciate it. And for Visioneers who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? My name is Keith Woolrich. I am principal of uh, Woolrich Consulting. And what we specialize in is helping those small, medium, I like to call them solopreneurs, micropreneurs, get themselves up and running. Uh, my specialty is in finance or banking commercial finance because I was a commercial banker for 25 years before stepping out on my own. So I try to get their financials in order, uh, get their personal lives in order so that when they go before the lender, they're prepared to get a yes out of that banker. You may also notice that Keith is in a very odd place to be having his office, but the nice thing about being a consultant is you can work anywhere. And we want to put a shout out to Ron Holbert, the owner of Geronco Party Rentals, for letting us use his showroom for today's episode. And of course, you can go visit Ron Holbert at Geronco Party Rentals at 7501 East Brundage here in Bakersfield, or find them on GeroncoPartyRentals.com. Keith, You've been in business for, let's call it 2011, 2012, right around in there. You have helped a lot of business owners through a lot of different things, but including this recession that we're in. Yes, Michael. What did your business look like prior to COVID? You know, we were steady, uh, mm. just going along, because uh, every day someone's, I like to call it, want their shot at the title. Mm. They, they, you know, they've started their business, they've, they've dreamed about it, or they've sweated about it, they've, they've kind of, you know, they've fought about it, and they say, you know, I'm going to take that chance. But inevitably, they don't have enough money, mm. or they need financing. So they, they find me, they say, Keith, how can you help me, you know, get the financing I needed to expand? So I was steady. Mm. I was because every day somebody's open looking to open a business. So I was I was pretty steady. Then COVID hit. Then COVID hit. How did your business deal with the change in COVID? Banking didn't change, so to speak, but the borrower changed. Mm. Because I found a lot of them were in panic road, panic mode, mm -hmm. excuse me. And that all right, revenues are flat. To say the least. Or declining, <laughs> but those fixed expenses are still there. Right, right. Uh, you still got to pay the light bill, the mortgage payments, things of that nature. They right, still right. are there. So, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of the federal government with their PPP right. lending. So I saw an increase. Right. Because right. that was the, the 20 plus years as a banker. Uh, said, hey, help me. How do I get this? How do I get this to qualify? How do I get them to say yes? So I, I got really busy, sure. especially for that micro solo 
entrepreneur person. You know, there there may be an excellent electrician, a plumber, right. just himself or his wife doing the books, but we had to get everybody ready to go. Right. And soon, because the entire nation was applying right. for that right. money. Sure, so, sure. Um, we had some success, I'm, right. I'm proud to say. As a business owner, the coaxial term is that the one time you need money from a bank is the one time the banks don't want to give you money. How has your consulting firm helped business owners overcome that hurdle? Banks don't give money. <laughs> okay. Banks lend, lend money, money right. with the assumption it's going to be repaid. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. So right. there's no giveaway. Right. You know, I, I always tell my customers, no matter the size of their operation, you want to get to know your banker before you need the money. Mm. You want to develop a relationship before. It's, I, I use the, the analogy, you know, you go in for a physical every year for your position. Mm -hmm. And you want to be able to have him do some checkups on you before you need major surgery, right. you know, if, if the analogy makes any sense. Sure. So I would, I would, you know, consult or coach or advise any business owner, no matter the size, Start a relationship with your banker before you need the money. Right. Interview him before or her before you go seek out financing. Right. Because they are bankers. It's rare now that they're there to put a fire extinguisher on a problem. <laughs> a lot of times it's too late. Too late. It's too late. So if, if, if your financials are in order, if your personal credit is in order, you got the secondary sources in order, you may want to go get that credit facility in place before you need it. Mm. As a as a fortif fortification, sure. so to speak. Sure. So running down to the bank if payroll is due at five o'clock on Friday, noon is not the time to go seek financing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's not the it's time. Not the time. time. So you know, I, and you can prepare. There's things we can do working together as a team where I can prepare your financial statements legally, right? right sure. To get you credit worthy. Mm -hmm. Where that when the, when the lender is sitting before you and you're explaining your business operations, your tax returns make sense, they debt coverage, your financial statements sure. are in order, uh, you have a banking relationship with them already. So there are certain prerequisites one would want to do before they go see their banker looking for money. We are starting to recover. The economy is, is recovering for some businesses more so than others. What, what have you seen as a consultant with other businesses as the number one thing that a lot of business owners do wrong when recovering from a recession and capsize the ship in the process? I would say they try to recover too quick. How so? Or they've been down, those sales were not there. Mm. Now all of a sudden they're there, so we're gonna run and catch up. Right. Well, when you do that, especially if you have a business that's not cash base, mm. that's based on receivables. Mm -hmm. So that's the accrual basis of accounting for the those of you that know what we're, what we're talking about. Right. So you can go out there and get those sales, but you still have those receivables. It's possible that things could turn around for that company, right. and they be not be able to pay you your money. Mm. And then guess what you've done? You've grown broke. You're between a rock and a hard place. You're between a rock and a Then you want to go to your lender, <laughs> and he's going to take a look at your accounts receivable aging, right. and he's going to write off the bad debt. Oh, now you got a situation and a problem, Michael. Right. You got a situation and a problem. So I would just say just steady growth. Yes, mm -hmm. if you hang on in there, 
continue to make your sales. I'm not saying stop selling, right. but watch who you're doing business with as well. Make sure they have the ability to pay you. Ah, so uh, that's the key right, right? there. That's Make the sure key they right have there. the ability. To, not, not all business is good business. Mm. Not every sale is a good sale, right. especially if it's not cash. <laughs> cash <laughs> is king. Cash is king. If it's if you're dealing with an industry or or business that may be teeter and tottering, you may want to think about it before you extend your product, good or service. For visioneers who want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Oh, a couple ways. I'm, I'm huge on LinkedIn. That's okay. become, that's where we met, I that's believe. Where that's we where, where we met. Uh, just my name, Keith Woolrich on LinkedIn. I'm on the other socials. I have KeithWoolrich.com. Uh, you can reach me at KeithW at WoolrichConsulting.com or at 661-432-1285. What was that number again? That was 661-432-1285. And if you like Small Business Celebration, we encourage you to go ahead and like, subscribe, notify, and tell a friend. And when we come back, we are going to learn about the five pillars that Keith learned from his father that has given him not just business success, but life success as well. Domino Plastics is committed to opening up Kern County and beyond. As a trusted domestic custom plastic fabricator for over 47 years, Domino Plastics has sanitized and retooled their plant to produce PPE barriers for your business. Need a custom contact barrier? How about a face shield that is California Prop 65 compliant? Domino Plastics offers multiple style face shields that support a variety of industry needs like medical, retail, and everyday private use. Safely open up your business by going to dominoplastics.com forward slash COVID or reach out to them at 661-396-3744. That's dominoplastics at dominoplastics.com forward slash COVID or call them at 661-396-3744. We're here with Keith Woolridge, the owner of Woolridge Consulting, and it's Thanksgiving. You can tell. And all we need now is turkey, pumpkin pie, and maybe some good ale to go with it so, all. Definitely some good ale to go with it. <laughs> Our question of the segment is, Visioneer Josh asks, I have a successful business, but the more successful I become, the more influence I have in the community. I feel that if I speak about my business, I'll be ashamed about being successful, plus the growing standard to give quality advice. Is this normal? Is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> Last time I checked, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, there's a phrase called the imposter syndrome. Mm. What is that? I guess we don't feel worthy of mm. our success, that we are, maybe our self-esteem or something that's going on inside of us, like we're faking it, mm. you know? Fake we, it till you make it. Fake it, it. You know, that's, what, that's the axiom, right? Right, right. But is this who I really am? Mm. I, I can, you're, you're, the person who asked the question, when I wrote the book, you know, I, I, I felt the same way, even when I'm giving consulting. Keith, my God, I'm held to a higher standard or accountability, right. you know. Am I worthy of this? I've been fortunate enough to sit in the Panama Buena Vista Union School District for the past 11 years, and my God, the first time I was elected, if they only knew me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they were to go back to my college days and dig. 
Uh-huh. Hope I'm not giving anybody any clues to do that. <laughs> you know? But no, I, I get that question because there is a lot of pressure hmm. when you're in the quote unquote limelight, when you are a successful business owner, an elected official. Right. Because we're put on pedestals, unfortunately. Hmm. So how does one get <clears> over <throat> imposter syndrome? I've been thinking about that because I still wrestle with it. Mm. One is not to forget that you're still human, that you're, you're fallible. Mm. You are going to make mistakes and give yourself permission to make those mistakes. But there's this constant fear that I'll be judged by somebody else because I screwed up. I did something wrong. And, and how, do I, how do I deal with that? In my text. Right. Um, and by the way, visioners, we are talking about five pillars, a father's discussion with his son and society keep us on solid ground. And if you are interested in finding it, go to russosbooks.com where you can go ahead and get five pillars and have it delivered straight to you. But please continue. I write on a chapter on integrity. Uh I write about how I failed myself. Mm. We're afraid of being called a hypocrite, right? right? Well, a hypocrite is just one who wears a mask. You're not showing them who you are. Mm. So if I tell you, Mike, I'm gonna blow it, when I blow it, hey, I told you who I was. <laughs> I'm not making it up, right? Right. You know, and again, we're not talking about being sanctimonious. We're not talking about being pious. We're not talking about being perfect. Mm-hmm. We're just saying, you know, you are human. Give yourself permission. That's one thing I've had to do. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get it right 100% of the time. I'm not going to bat a thousand. I'm not going to win the Super Bowl every time we, 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 we take the field for a new season. But if you, to, to, to answer your question, I firmly believe you have to give yourself permission to fail. How do you deal with the people that are going to say or do negative things to you because you did something wrong or you screwed up? I'll, we all do our best. I, I firmly believe when we wake up, the majority of our citizenry, the majority of people mm-hmm. want to do the right thing mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. But there are times, whether it's financial pressure, emotional pressure, um, societal pressure that may squeeze you, that you you end up compromising who you are. Mm. So I tell everybody, let folk know I'm human. I, I go back to that because we are, we're fallible, we're sinful, we make mistakes. Give yourself permission and tell folks, well, if I made a mistake, that's just who I am. You know, don't hide from it. Right. Don't run from it. Is it easy? No. Am, am I, do I feel like I'm going to be judged differently? I write on decency. And if I have a bad Facebook night and I write something that may not be appropriate, right. I'm sure I'm going to keep, didn't you write on page 25 <laughs> that to be decent and, you know, right, right. or I do something that I feel bad about myself and my own integrity is, Man, didn't you write about blah, 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 blah. Right. It's going to happen to me. I've just, i prepared for it. Right. And say, so, you know what? I do, I'm human just like you. And I would ask for some goodness and grace and some mercy. A lot of the lessons that you talk about in the five pillars are lessons you learn from your father. Yes. Why did you choose to talk about him? 
Well, it's interesting, and I'm going to do my best to kind of keep it together here. November 21st of this year would be 10 years mm. that he's gone on. And my father was my role model. He was my example. He was my lodestar. He was my compass. Right. Especially in my community where we don't see that a lot. Right. So I'm blessed to come from a mother, a father, and I don't know where we were lower, poor, or no, it was upper poor or lower middle. I don't know where right. we fit in the right. economic strata. Sure. I just know when I walked in that house, there were people that attended to me, mm -hmm. that cared for me, that loved me, that whipped me when I needed it, you know, right. to get back right. in right. line. Right. So I wanted to write something to honor him because the average man in America, if you're not an a, um, athlete, if you're not an entertainer, you don't get any attention in this country, right? right? But if you're the guy who just goes to work every day, puts his eight hours in, honest man, decent man, comes home, feeds his family, loves his kids, that guy didn't get any credit. Right. Didn't get any, any credit. And I've been wanting to give honor to men like that, you know, in my community, especially in my community. A lot of times we're always told what we don't do. Right. How bad we are. Right. But that decent man, that gentle man, that merciful man, that's not highlighted. So I wanted to, just my way of giving honor to not only my dad, but a lot of other African-American men that were just like him growing up, my barber, the male guy, sure. my teacher, the deacon at church. You know what I'm saying. Sure, they get sure. no, so when I, I just started writing, um, right when COVID kicked in, you know, I was challenged a little bit because I had been talking about this for a while. My friends say, brother, we love you, but stop talking about it. Now's the time to Now's do it. Now's the time to do it. So literally I would begin writing at 4.30 in the morning. Sometimes I would write to 5.36 and then sometimes, Michael, I'd look up, it's one or two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. And it just started flowing. It right. just started coming out and just the little anecdotes that might, you know, when you're a kid, they go over your head. Right. But when you're 53 year old husband and father of four, those things come back, right? right, right. And, and, it, and those are the things that framed me um, as an individual. I did not get here by myself. I had help in my parents and my support network, my, my tribe sure. helped me along the way. What were some of the things that you learned from your father that helped you with your business? The key one I would say was perseverance. Hmm. We hear a lot about that. Perseverance. When you are a solopreneur, a micropreneur, or even I'm sure the owner of Geronco, right. he's, he's a successful business owner, employs right. people, wonderful location here. But I'm sure there were days when him and his wife, when they were beginning, they would just shake their head. Right. And just do it. Do I, I, I can't go tomorrow. You know what I mean? Right. But sure. something drove him or her mm -hmm. to say, baby, just do it one more time. Right. right? One more again. Right. right. What I mean? Right. And you have to, and he taught me that because my dad, he may have had, he worked, then he'd be unemployed, then he'd try a small business, and then he worked. You know what I mean? Right. He just kept going. He just kept going. He never quit. And I, I quote him. He says, "I remember I was a sophomore, junior in college, and I was just had enough. I was going to quit. I was going to drop out. I'm done." Right. And he would say, "Keith, the day you quit, the next day would be your miracle when it turns around." The day small business owner that you quit on a Tuesday, Wednesday, that one phone call, that one sale, 
turns your business around. Right. So you got to get up again the next day. So perseverance, no matter all that my father went through, I didn't know he was illiterate till I was a junior in college. You know, that is a story out of this book I really enjoyed. Tell us the story about the date that you were going to go on and you got the call. Oh, the call. Spring 88, uh -huh. 88, 89, I believe, right around in there. And I'm a proud graduate of Fresno State University. Go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. Go Dogs. And congratulations, Dr. Castro, if you see this. He's going to be our new chancellor of the CSU system. So I get a phone call. I'm getting ready to head out, telling my mom I'm going to the library, right? <laughs> in air quotes. In air quotes, going to the library. <laughs> I was out, there was a young lady, oh, she was gorgeous, that I had been all semester trying to meet me at this location, right? right. So she finally says yes. So as I'm getting showered, getting ready, the phone rings again. This is before cell phones. So I run to pick up the phone. It's my mother on the other end. And then her southern draw, she says, Keith? It's your mother. Yes, mama. I know it's you, right? I need you home. Oh, okay. I'll be home Saturday. No problem. No, Coming but home this when weekend. mama says. Yeah, when mama says. No, I need you home tonight. Now, in my mind, not tonight. No, I've, this, I've been waiting all year for her to say <laughs> yes. Not tonight. All right, mama, tell you what. I'll come home Friday. No, I need you home tonight. And there's a way mama says, I need you home tonight. You say, okay, I need to get home. So now I'm like, you know, I was nervous. Mama, what's wrong? I'm trying to figure out, can it wait? No, I need you home tonight, boy. Right. All right. So I, needless to say, the date got canceled. Right. I jump in my truck. I head up 99 to Merced, California. And, uh, but you know, my mind is spinning, Michael. Mm -hmm. My mind is spinning. So I take the exit home, take our street exit, make a, I can see it today, I can see it today, make the left under the underpass, drive 13 blocks, make the right on my West 3rd Street, fourth house on the left, pull into the driveway, walk into the house, I'm a little nervous because you know your mind is right. spinning when they sure, don't tell you. Sure, sure, sure. Walk into the house, I see my grandmother, oh, hi grandma, kiss her on the cheek, hey baby, how you doing? But why is grandma here on a Thursday night? Right. It's Walk, not family night. That's not family night. But then I, you see through, I see some balloons and some cake. And I'm like, oh, my God, what did I miss? You know, see, my daddy's birthday is the second. My sister's is on the second. Mama's is on May. And I'm, I'm going, who did I, what, what's going on? Right. Their anniversary's the 17th. Okay. And she's come, hey, you made it. Good to see you. But you rushed me here, mama. What's happening? And she's smiling, gives me a hug. And then about 25, 30 seconds later, my father comes out of the bedroom. He's wearing a cap and gown. This is made May. Cap and gown. He says, glad son, I want you to know tonight I get my GED. You're what? Yeah, I'm graduating from Merced Adult School. I've earned my GED. And I'm like, wait a minute. GED, but then my mind goes back to when I'm 9, 12, and he would take me, we'd take me traveling with him, or he would take me when he worked for a boat company, and we would be playing music in the truck, 
And he would say, Keith, when you see this exit, let me know. Okay, and I'm thinking, I'm just hanging out with dad. When you see this exit, let me know. Okay. He is to find out my father couldn't read the road signs mm. nor map. Mm. I was his GPS system before Google, before right. Google Maps. That man persisted to raise a family, not being able to read or write, I don't believe, above a third grade level. When me and my sister and brother would be at the dining room table, and I was a, studying accounting in high school or whatever, chemistry or biology, we would ask him a question. But he would sit right literally next to us and say, well, what do you think? He couldn't help. Right. But he, we didn't know. Right. We would be in McDonald's. We would all look at, you know how the menu is? And he would say, Keith, get me what you get. Or remember Sambo's and Denny's? <laughs> Growing up in the 70s, he would, he would get the menu. He was just, I left my glasses in the car. Oh, I got to go to the restroom. Keith, just give me what you get. That's how he navigated. So his perseverance, because a lot of people would have left, would have been embarrassed, would have probably quit on their family. My dad never quit on us. And he never quit on himself. Perseverance. And that is something to be thankful for. I will be right back. Wow, that was a powerful message, especially for Thanksgiving. This is a message of perseverance, and we live in difficult times that we need to keep going. And the reason we have today's guest, Keith Woolridge, on is because of Visionaire Nation like you. Like Visionaire Louis Varga, who sent us a message and said, Michael, you have got to check out Keith Woolridge and his message on perseverance. So keep the questions coming. Reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram and have real questions answered by real business owners so that you can get the real answers you need to grow a strong and profitable business. Reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. We're here with Keith Woolridge, the owner of Woolridge Consulting. And if you haven't guessed, it's still Thanksgiving and I hope you're enjoying it with family, friends, and the ones you love. And our guest, Keith, you have written a book called The Five Pillars, a father's discussion with the son and society to keep us on solid ground. Before we get into that so much, I want to give you this segment's Visioneer question. Visioneer Allison asks, what tips do you use to communicate the why in order to encourage your customers to use your services? In order to be a good coach hmm. or a good advisor, I can't have the answers until I ask the right questions. Hmm. I, and I firmly believe that. You don't go into a business just firing off solutions. You could be you know, adding a prescription to the wrong diagnosis, right? Right. So I always try to lead off, after a few leading questions, I ask this question, is it working for you? Now this sounds like it also works for any line of business. Any line of business. Is it working for you? If you're happy the way your business is going, mm -hmm. our time together is over. 
<laughs> right? They came to you for a reason, <laughs> came, right? But if it's not working for you, let's talk about those reasons why it's not working for you. Hmm. I firmly believe, technically, most small business owners knowing what they do technically, they got that. They know how to turn the dial. They know right. how to decorate. Right. There's something most likely going on up here hmm. that we need to peel the onion. You know, the term is emotional intelligence. Right. You know what? What is going on with you, and, and is it working for you? Because you are bringing all of that experience, especially when I work with family businesses. You have the Thanksgiving, we were talking about Thanksgiving at break here, and we could be having a discussion about accounts receivable, accounts payable, and then the family would get into a little tit for tat right. and bring up Thanksgiving of 1982, when somebody said something <laughs> or did something. Oh! We haven't solved that problem, but we're bringing that into the business. Right. And I ask them, is holding on to that grudge or is that working for you? Right. Is, is, is not treating your employees with respect? Is that, not, is that working for you? Right. Is not giving service after the sale and you're wondering why there's one sale and there's no repeat business? Is that working for you? Right. So I just try to ask questions. So if anybody was to use my service the first time we get together, I'm going to ask you a litany of questions before I do any prescription. Uh, we're, we're going to go through that process. And if I do my job right, you'll solve your own answers. You'll solve your own questions, if that makes any sense what I'm saying. Sure. Because it's already on the inside of you. As a good advisor, as a good coach, my job is to pull it out of you. Right. That's what you pay me for. That's what I do. Now, I want to extend to you my condolences. You are, after all, a Las Vegas Raiders fan. Yes, uh, I am. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I still, they are the Oakland Raiders, Oakland Alameda Coliseum, the 1977 Super Bowl champions where they beat Minnesota 32-16. Hey, now, 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 that let's not get into that at all. <coughs> I remember that I was 11 years old when they won that Super Bowl. I won't forget. <laughs> you grew up in football, but more importantly, you were in the band. Yes. As was I. Yes. And you've extended your love for music to this day. You continue to play trumpet. I continue to play trumpet. I sit on the advisory board or the board of directors for the Bakersfield Symphony Orchestra. Love it. What have you learned from football, from music, in band, your involvement with Bakersfield Symphony? What, what have you learned from this that you apply to your business? Courage. How so? You know, to be in business, it takes courage. Mm -hmm. You know, you are risking it all. Not only are you risking financially, you're risking you're sometimes who you feel you are, your self-worth. Right. You know, that, that thing that makes you you. You know, the soul of the business, right? The soul of the person. You're putting it on the line every day. Again, the, the owners of Geronco, bless their hearts. Every day that they open that front door, it takes courage to open that door every day. Every day. Every, they don't know whether one customer is going to come through or a million. They're risking uh, their future, they, they have employees, they're responsible for their employees. That takes courage. Um, it takes courage to write, to expose myself. 
It takes courage when you're playing that horn and you got the solo and it's your turn and you not quite know the key, <laughs> right? It takes courage. So courage to be an elected official it takes courage to put your name on the ballot. Right. So I think all of the things I do, courage is the one thing that it's, it's, it's one of those inalienable values that I think it takes just to live. Courage. What is one thing that Vision Your Nation can do today to grow a strong and profitable business? Possess hope. It was the great novelist James Baldwin who says hope gets invented every day. Every day. Every day. Hope gets invented every day. No matter what's going on in the world, whatever chaos and confusion is going on, you still must possess that hope. Mm. Yes, we're coming. We're in a recession, out of recession. We're in the red. We're in the purple. We go back and forth. Possess hope that this will be over with, that this will turn around and your business will go forward. Face reality. Now, we can't be Pollyannish about this. It's a rough time right now. Sure. You know, business is slow right now. We may go back, and especially for our restaurateurs. You know, I, I even think about Geronco. I'm sure there's a direct correlation there between, this is a very giving community with nonprofit events, right? They're no longer, they've had to, I'm sure, readjust because right. the nonprofit events, right. the outside events are, are slowed down. So they had to face reality and make whatever hard decisions they had to make to survive and sustain themselves. So we can't put our head in the sign and say, this is not real. No, this is real. Right. We just face it. We, we, we don't look through a rose-colored lens. We take a look at the, the precious baby the way it is right, right now, the precious economy the way it is, right. and make the initial the adjustments that need to be made. Confront our fear. Mm. We're all fallible. We all have fear. We're all afraid of success or, fa or failure, you know, mm. but I forgot who said, try again, fail again, fail better. Right. Try again, fail again, fail better. Right. Face that. We're not going to always hit the home run every time we're at place. But if we face what's, what's holding us back, I'm afraid of making a mistake. I'm afraid of not living up to my, my values. But you I'm said afraid. on page 81. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm afraid that I may not get it right every time. Confront it. Right. Kiss that devil on the on smack, smack dab on the lips and go for it anyway. So I, I think those things, if we hold that hope, face reality and, and confront our own personal fears, I think our businesses will continue to strive and thrive here in our community. And if visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Again, I'm on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. That's probably my favorite platform. They can hear my rant and raves. <laughs> <laughs> on Facebook if they care. Any blogs or articles I write, KeithWoolerich.com, or they can email me at KeithW at WoolerichConsulting.com or 661-432-1285. Well, Keith, this has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for being on Small Business Celebration, and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much, and happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Domino Plastics is committed to opening up Kern County and beyond. As a trusted domestic custom plastic fabricator for over 47 years, Domino Plastics has sanitized and retooled their plant to produce PPE barriers for your business. Need a custom contact barrier? How about a face shield that is California Prop 65 compliant? 
Domino Plastics offers multiple style face shields that support a variety of industry needs like medical, retail, and everyday private use. Safely open up your business by going to dominoplastics.com forward slash COVID or reach out to them at 661-396-3744. That's dominoplastics at dominoplastics.com forward slash COVID or call them at 661-396-3744. is a visioneer. A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world not as it is but as it could be and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer Tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.